In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Today we come to the great feast of Pentecost. This feast we often can think of just in Christian terms, just in how we understand the feast as Christians. But what I want to speak and teach a bit about on, on today is that our Lord brings out the fullness of this feast by the first thing that he says is he stood up during the Old Testament celebration of Pentecost, the final day of the feast, as the Gospel said today, and brought out that inner meaning of the Old Testament Pentecost. And that is what we stand in as Christians this day. And that's the very reason that the chief priests and the Pharisees began to become so uh, upset because our Lord was bringing out the inner meaning that we can often just think of this as just the birthday of the church or just the beginning of the apostles going out, which it was that. But if we look at our Lord's words and proclamation at the beginning and end of the gospel reading, which I will remind you of now, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. And then he ends with, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Our forefathers of the Old Testament they were given great gifts as they exited out of their enslavement in Egypt. They were given a light to guide them out and toward the promised land. And even amidst their grumbling, they were provided water from the depths of a rock as Moses struck it. And this is what is commemorated in the Old Testament feast of Pentecost which many of us are not familiar at all with how that was celebrated, but it's really at the heart of what our Lord says with these two claims. Because what he's not just saying this out of the blue. If in our ignorance we don't know this, and often most of us are, um, what the Jews were actually celebrating. They were celebrating those two events that I just spoke of. And in that, the giving of the law and God's providence. So our Lord and His Spirit are the fulfillment of the Old Testament feast of Pentecost. So really what we hear today are two or three celebrations of the feast of Pentecost and our Lord bringing out the meaning of them and the enabling of the apostles to live out the giving of the Holy Spirit and the light of the world and the living water that is flowing from Christ, that is enabled by the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles. So what these feasts bring to mind is the care of our God for his people by the giving of light for guidance and the pouring out of water for our need. This is what the Lord did for his people. To continue, and he commanded them to continue to remember what he did for them as he led them out of Egypt with Moses in a liturgy where Christ preached at the events of this liturgical event, 
for these Jews. And what we still remember today as Christians, though we know it in its fuller way, where God's work is given to us by himself, through himself. He is light and water and is given to each and every one who enters into his life. So in all three events, the first event, the exodus from Egypt, in the remembrance of the Pentecost that our Lord is preaching at, and in this feast on this day of the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles. These are the things that we are remembering. So what we need to know and imagine that liturgical event to see the import of what Christ spoke in claiming these two things. In that liturgical commemoration, the Jews on, one, on the last day of the feast would go down to the pool of Siloam. They would pull out an urn of water and they would pour it out upon the porch of the temple so that all could see water flowing from a rock. And this is how they remembered God's providence in that event. And so when Christ stands up and says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink, he is claiming himself and for himself and giving a promise that the thirst, the spiritual thirst of all who come to him will be quenched. And he is pointing all the way back to look how I provided for you before. And it is also when he claims that he is the light of the world, calling us back to how the Hebrew people were guard, guided and guarded because it is this very light, this pillar of fire that traveled with the Hebrews that was like a fire that lit their way and showed them where to go and how to flee from the Egyptians that were pursuing them. And indeed, this light and this fire protected and guarded them so that they could cross the Red Sea. So our Lord is pointing at these very images, these very remembrances, and saying that I am them. I am the light of the world. And if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So through Christ's claiming, he is saying, I am that pillar of fire that guided you. I am the living water that will quench every thirst that is beyond just that material water that quenched your thirst as you and your forefathers wandered in the wilderness. So the Old Testament Pentecost culminates in this commemoration of the law of Sinai, and also it was the season of great harvest. It was now, during this season, that the seeds were collected. The seeds that were dropping from the plants, the seeds that were being harvested were also brought in. And so as our Lord points to these things, we see that some become offended. We see that the chief priests and the Pharisees had two passions that blocked them from seeing this fulfillment. And perhaps these passions may reside somewhere with us. And this is the great warning that is given to us even on this feast. And these passions are of willful ignorance, and of jealousy, of who the Lord is. The chief priests and the Pharisees saw themselves as the experts of the law. They saw themselves as the ones who, from somehow from their ranks, the Messiah would come. But here comes the Lord 
out of a land that they despised. And he is claiming to be the fulfillment of this feast itself. And what's most important, one of the great Pharisees, St. Nicodemus, points to his brethren their flaw of how they are not have their hearts pure, how they are not even following that law that they supposedly love. And in this, St. Nicodemus reveals their ignorance, their willful ignorance, their unwillingness to look at the truth, and of their jealousy. Because what does he point to? He says, why, how could we condemn a man without first having a hearing? And so he points to two aspects of the law that the Pharisees were supposedly supposed to be experts in and following. And the lawgiver himself, as we all know as Christians, is Christ. So what St. Nicodemus is doing is pointing and defending, yes, Christ in that event, but Christ also as the lawgiver, the one who wants justice to be served. And he points at these two things, that there is a hearing that needs to be had to see if these accusations of the Pharisees are true, and he is also accusing them of being malicious witnesses, ones who don't actually care but are just out for vengeance because they do not like him. For those who maybe remember this, go look up Deuteronomy 1.16 in Exodus 23.1. Those are the two verses that St. Nicodemus is pointing at. A malicious witness should not bear their witness. There is a hearing that needs to be had. And if the Pharisees had truly loved the law, they would see that our Lord was not guilty of these accusations, but it was just their own unwillingness to follow, to hear our Lord and his preaching that blocked. And to this day, many of us, We have aspects of our life where we're willfully ignorant, where we're jealous of maybe another. Maybe it's not of our Lord himself, but we're unwilling to see and look at the truth and look at it with a fair hearing and with kindness. But on this feast, the Holy Spirit is pointing us and guiding us to Christ himself. St. Theophan the Recluse says that the Christian Pentecost, the one that we are celebrating today, is this. What God the Father willed to be and what the Son of God accomplished in himself, that the Holy Spirit came today to give to the faithful. Let me read that again. What God the Father willed to be, and what the Son of God accomplished in himself, that the Holy Spirit came today to give to the faithful. So there's two things. The Father willed to give us something. The Son accomplished the giving of that or the winning and the victory of that, and the Holy Spirit is imparting that accomplishment to the disciples and apostles on this very day by the descent. And so the Holy Spirit's descent is the fulfilling of that law and of God's promises, and the giving of the gifts of the Spirit is a spiritual harvest that all were witnessing, and the spreading of the seeds of the gospel to many nations to many people throughout the globe, as we heard in the epistle reading. For on this feast, us Christians, we are given not just an indication, not just a pointing back of what what happened or what is to come, but the fullness itself is imparted to us by the Holy Spirit that descends on every disciple 
of Christ. We who live inside the new covenant, who live after that first descent of the Holy Spirit, have not just a historical remembrance like the Jews had, nor just a renewal, perhaps, of some measure of that grace, but the perpetual and ever new light and life giver himself. The Holy Spirit revealing Christ to us. So with the descent of the Holy Spirit in this form of tongues of fire, we are to recall that pillar of fire that guided the people in the wilderness. The water that was given to them as light and protection and providence. The ability also to gather the spiritual harvest that is each and every Christian. That water is the water of our baptism. That light is the light of the Holy Spirit given through chrismation, which in every, every time you see a person newly received into the church, they are handed a candle right then. That that is where they are beginning to carry that light and it's being, beginning to illumine their path. So the spiritual fulfillment is evident in this apostolic Pentecost. How is it evident? Because the miracle of understanding is given in the many tongues and in the many understandings of the one word of Christ's life. Right after the descent of the Holy Spirit, the apostles get up and they begin to preach. By the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, now they fully know all the meaning of what Christ did for us, and that's what they begin to tell all the people. No matter where they are from, they begin to understand who Christ is, and they desire him themselves. This is the miracle of Pentecost, that no matter where you come from, no matter what your origin, no matter what tongue you speak, Christ is there for you, giving you the very same promise that he gave to that chosen people so many millennia ago. And through the baptism and the giving and the laying on of hands of the apostles, and in this day, the anointing of holy chrism, that gift continues. What we are given is the cooperation with God through the Holy Spirit. It's not our work on its own, but the work of the Spirit within us. By this work of receiving and making ourselves listen to what is given, to that voice in that depth that is given through the holy chrismation, we are made a priceless treasure, a child of God, and one who hears God's voice spoken from the depths. The parable of the great price, we often hear it in a different context, at a different time of year. But here I want to remind us of the pearl of great price, because that's what's given today. And this is the short two parables of the pearl of great price. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up, and then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Today, as we remember the Feast of Pentecost, we need to call to mind each one of us Orthodox Christians, each one of us in this room, when we were given that pearl of great price. 
the day that we were received into the church and anointed with that holy chrism. For today on the Feast of Pentecost, we are given that great pearl, the thing above every other value, our unity with our Lord and how we are to follow him by the listening of the promptings of the Holy Spirit from the depths of our heart. This is the light and that tongue of fire that guides the way and inspires us. And this is the water from our baptism that quenches every spiritual thirst that is ever flowing, as the gospel said, from the bellies of the faithful. So on the great day of the Feast of Pentecost, some 2,023 years ago, give or take our accounting, the Spirit descended and the apostles began then to boldly live out not just the preaching of the gospel, but the divine life of the Lord Jesus Christ given to them. They began to live from and in the eternal kingdom. Not of this world did their power come, but from of the world to come. This is the great pearl of great price. It is the life of the kingdom, to live from the perspective of eternity. And we can only do this by the life-giving spirit imparted to us. When, it's, when we actively listen to it, that voice in our heart. That is how we live from the age to come. And our great loving Lord did not just leave us, thank God, with a bunch of instructions to follow. Rather, he gave us the means and ways of unity with the Holy Trinity, of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Our Lord came, won humanity back to himself, filled us with himself and all of his power, and after he raised us to heaven in the ascension, he sent the Holy Spirit to enliven us with all of the victory that he had won. Our renewed humanity is given to us through the Holy Spirit. This is what the apostles immediately began to preach. This is what we are given at every baptism and at every chrismation. The Holy Spirit who places within us the life of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the greatest gift above all gifts. So rejoice in this day, my brothers and sisters. All that was foreshadowed in the pillar of fire that guided and the water that gushed forth from the rock which Moses struck is fulfilled and surpassed by the descent of the Holy Spirit. Now we have water, living water, flowing from the font and into our hearts and out into the world. Now we have the light of life so that we never walk in darkness. So rejoice, for the Spirit gives us all, guides us all to that holy and good one in heaven. Amen.